Welcome to the Sports Fan Radio podcast. Today we talk with Tim Costello, who spent 13 years as CEO of World Vision and more recently is a spokesperson for the Alliance for Gambling Reform. <laughs> well, let, let me step in. Yeah, um, John, Tim, you take oh, over. Callahan. Uh, Tim, thanks for coming in. Yeah, as, as Mark was saying, uh, 13 years as CEO of World Vision Australia. Seriously, if I went through your CV, the whole show be, would, would disappear. It's, it's quite extraordinary. But relevantly for today, you were or are the spokesperson for the uh, Interchurch Gambling Task Force, member of the National Advisory Body on Gambling, member of the Alcohol Education Rehabilitation Foundation, and the, the author of a, uh, a book, uh, Wanna Bet, uh, clearly on the topic today. Tim, it's something that we on this program have been discussing for some time. It's a matter of increasing uh, concern for us and for people who follow our show is gambling uh, in sport in Australia. I just wonder if you could start, start us off, Tim, by giving us a, a thumbnail sketch of the current proliferation of gambling in sport in Australia and why do you think it creates a problem? Yeah, so uh, gambling and sports such as greyhounds or horse races has uh, existed since Adam was a boy. In fact, you wouldn't have a greyhound race or a horse race without gambling. Um, so that has always been with us and the TAB, which was largely attracting men, uh, blokes would go to the TAB. The TABs were built uh, originally not to encourage you to stop and have a drink or have a meal. They weren't even to have chairs in the TAB. The idea was to make it go in quickly, lay your bed, get out, don't encourage it too much. What then profoundly shifted was um, pokies, particularly coming to Victoria in 1992, uh, going to the clubs and pubs. Uh, suddenly women who were less than 7% of the problem gambling community when it was just horses and greyhounds jumped to over 50 percent of, uh, of the problem gamblers from seven percent to 50 percent and why is that really worrying because it's women who pay the mortgage pay the rent do the shopping uh clothe the kids uh so when they get addicted uh that's really problematic um what then happened was also uh, this explosion with other sports. So not just uh, greyhounds and horses, but with cricket, with league, with AFL. Uh, suddenly, our kids' heroes, football stars, cricket stars, were literally turned into uh, dogs or uh, horses to bet on. <laughs> uh, you know the odds. You... Uh, kids talk about the odds, they know the logos, they know the uh, jingles of the sports betting companies. This is a profound shift that has occurred very, very rapidly and uh, that's what's happened. Uh, to the point I'm told that if a child goes to a football match uh, these days, that getting to the match, at being at the match and getting home, on average they'll see 58 sporting ads. Now, is that, that's the sort of problem you're talking about. I presume, Tim. Yeah, look, this is mainstreaming and normalising an adult product. Um, you'll often hear people who defend this, the sports betting companies say, well, it's legal. Yeah, well, so is alcohol, but you can't have alcohol ads during the nine, seven o'clock news, the six o'clock news um, on TV, because it's not allowed. Um, even more, cigarettes are legal, but you wouldn't ever advertise them. 
in some states, brothels are legal. You wouldn't ever have an adult product in the face of kids. How is it possible that sports betting ads and adult product can be on the news, on MasterChef, on the block, <coughs> in, all, in all the family-friendly uh, viewing times? How is that possible? This is profound failure by government and capture by the sports betting industry. Can, uh, Paul Dulligan, I do the, um, the rugby league segment. I think at one period, Tom Waterhouse was in the top three spenders on advertising in the country. Uh, and a friend of mine might have written some of his material because he doesn't know his rugby league that well. What it's hmm. been replaced by now, it seems every single ad break, there's a crossbet ad. Or I almost feel for the ad makers, for people like Bluebet, because it's the same ad over and over and over. I, I don't mind a punt and I love my rugby league, but those ads are just uh, infuriatingly too repetitive. Yep. And you're absolutely right to raise the question of uh, uh, massive saturation. Uh, they don't spend that money because it doesn't work. People say, oh, yeah, but the ads are all the same and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And the ads actually work. The ads, uh, the spending on, on um, sports betting has just massively exploded, particularly in COVID period, because they work. And the way they say now, the groups of men bet with your mates. We are bringing community to you. Mateship, friendship, that's brought to you now by Sportsbed and Bet365. Um, the, the culture has been captured. Australians always like the punt, but it was not ever like this. I mean, yesterday there was an ad, full-page ad from Sportsbet congratulating Australia on uh, Victoria on 90% vaccination. It wasn't any link to punting. It wasn't any link to sports. It was it was a betting company congratulating the state on reaching a milestone. I just that's how ubiquitous it seems to be. So the story behind this is pretty uh, dark. Those uh, are mainly foreign sports, foreign-owned sports betting companies. They all registered in the Northern Territory. Why the Northern Territory? Because uh, there they, they were paying uh, hardly any tax, but uh, that was still attractive for a Northern Territory. And they were pumping out of the Northern Territory and couldn't be regulated. Their ads right across the whole country. Northern Territory regulation. Northern Territory is really just the size of a local government council. And its governance is the calibre of a local government council. So these foreign-owned, Massive sports betting companies got their foothold in through the Northern Territory and have now gone so upstream, they virtually own the sport. So when we talk to SBS about getting the, the sports betting ads off free to air at SBS and the CEO of SBS, the chair, they all want to do that. They literally say that actually the sports betting companies are, uh, that bring the soccer, the world soccer, will take their streaming rights away from SBS. We now, we now can't even control what we show. If we, if we stop the ads, sports betting ads, um, we would lose the soccer, which is one of our highest rating. So suddenly you've got this dark story of something starting in Northern Territory, which has become so powerful, it virtually now owns the sports. Um, Tim, with the, the AFL, obviously, living in Victoria is our predominant sport. Um, are the clubs actually trying to lead the way for the AFL or 
with many of the clubs now getting out of uh, one pokies. Um, I'm not sure many of them accept sponsorship from betting companies they used to, whereas the AFL, it's still a significant carrot to them. Yeah. So um, when I uh, went and visited with Nick Xenophon, Gil McLaughlin, CEO of the AFL, uh, he was very, very uh, happy for clubs to get out of pokies. As soon as we raised sports betting, uh, he turned thunderous in his, uh, in his uh, attitudes. Um, look, the AFL clubs have really led the way. Uh, when in, um, Collingwood got out of their pokies, Eddie Maguire rang me. He said, you've been a pain in the ass, Tim. But uh, we've done the right thing. It cost us some money, but it feels good. Eddie said, it feels, it feels like a spiritual experience, Tim. Now, you decide between Eddie and the spiritual experiences, but Geelong have done it, the Bulldogs have done it, Melbourne have done it. They have led the way. What has the AFL done with its sports betting? It has only drilled down even further. And what I was saying about soccer before, I think is now becoming true, that the AFL actually may not really own the brand anymore. I think... Um, Bet365 and the sports betting companies behind the AFL may actually, if we really drilled in, may actually have some serious equity in owning the brand. That's how, that's how bad it's got. I was going to say, I think a fine example of how much money is involved, there was an ad once, Samuel L. Jackson on a spaceship. Now, that wouldn't have been cheap to make. And I don't know why that would make some. I'm not going to rush out and open a betting account because Reservoir Dogs top man's on a spaceship, but that shows you he wouldn't have done that for peanuts. That many, many millions just to get that bloke on a spaceship. Yeah, the 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 spend on the advertising is just gobsmacking. It is absolutely gobsmacking. It's up there beyond Harvey Norman, and uh, this is because it is just so lucrative. Now, in Italy, they have banned all gambling and advertising. Banned it. In Britain, Ladbrokes were the sponsors uh, for the FA Cup. Uh, they said, we don't like the fact that uh, kids are being normalised mainstream into betting and they broke the sponsorship deal with Ladbrokes. The AFL, the AFL just drills in even further. And, uh, you know, if you read Mick Warner's book about the boys club on the AFL, um, there's lots of, there's lots of uh, devious stories there, but certainly gambling and the AFL uh, and their sports betting relationships is is uh, nearly a total capture. It's interesting that you say that as well, because even looking at the um the big freeze this year, there was betting advertisements everywhere, and then you had players like Daisy Pearce dressing up as Bluey and going into the big freeze and going through it all. But they're now tying these these children's elements to betting companies as well. And it's gotten to the point where I think I read a, stati a statistic once where an eight-year-old who has been watching the footy his whole life or their whole life would have never been able to watch an AFL game that didn't have some sort of betting advertisement in it, which is shocking in itself because I grew up with my my dad um, betting on horses, all that sort of stuff, but it was never sort of forced on you. It was something that you knew was happening and it was there. But now 
kids don't have an option. They really, if they want to participate in watching sport and participate in the that element of loving AFL or loving a lot of sports, they are forced to be exposed to it. So I'm really hoping that the AFL sort of changes their tune. Otherwise, the next generation of footy fans aren't going to love the game. They're going to love the odds to steal the words out of someone else's mouth. Yeah. Well, the AFL were going ballistic when the Eastern Woods and others were actually speaking out saying, we'll, we'll, I, I will take our lower player payments actually just to see you break the sponsorship because the AFL always say, well, the players, you can't speak out because, uh, you know, your, your payments will get affected if we lose betting sponsors. You've now got the uh, state government with our taxes uh, having a love the game not the odds ads where you have footballers and kids actually targeting uh, sports betting companies while the AFL are captured by them and promoted. Uh, of course, there was the AFL being judge, juror and prosecutor when um, Jaden Stevenson had a bet. Uh, now, where would he have got that idea to have a bet? Oh, might it have been playing at the... MCG, where uh, the AFL were encouraging it to have a bet uh, with their sponsorship. Um, this has become absolutely so interpenetrated with so many conflicts of interest that the AFL have lost their way morally. They are in a moral mess over these issues. Gildy, you, you wanted to ask? Yeah. Um, Tim, going back, apart from Sarah, a few of us have got a few years vintage on it. The TAB was introduced to give up, to get away from SP bookmaking and to come into a 15% of all turnover would go into hospitals to, yep. you know, to improve the thing. Do you think the governments have gone too far by letting these individuals, as you said, international betting companies come into Australia, come into Victoria and bet? And should the Victorian government ban these companies from betting in in Victoria because we don't get the same benefit from them as Victorians as we do, say, from the TAB? Yeah, no, the, the, the problem state governments have is that it, they, they can't stop it. Uh, this is a federal communications power in our constitution. Uh, <laughs> the Northern Territory um, uh, can only be pulled in by the feds. So... State governments uh, have been furious with these foreign-owned sports betting companies inundating uh, our TVs uh, and them getting nothing. They, they found a way just recently to in introduce a slight point of, uh, what do they call a point of consumption tax mm -hmm. uh, to claw a little bit back from these sports betting companies. But this is uh, the feds. This is uh, Minister Paul Fletcher. Minister for Communications, I can't even get a meeting with Paul Fletcher because uh, the feds are completely captured. Uh, the yep. sports betting companies uh, you know, are pretty handy with the political donations, it seems to me. Um, so I, I am stopped by mothers in the street who are complete strangers to me, just outraged, saying my child is being targeted. I am outraged. What are you doing? I say, I'm trying, I'm trying my best. And then they say, but who do I write to? Is it, you know, our state government? No, it's the federal minister because state governments uh, have have had their hands tied on this. Worry with um, children as well. Some might laugh on here. I couldn't fill out a TAB ticket till I was 30. Uh, 
my kids, one of them last night racked up $45 on Fortnite um, credit. So if they can access a game, which isn't betting, you better believe they could access a sports site. Even fantasy football now is linked to betting. Uh, I'm in an NFL fantasy football and suddenly there's popped up a way to bet on it. So there'd be lots of kids in that fantasy football who could click on that link and if they get their hands on a credit card, they could get hooked. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, and, and we hear those stories. Sorry, go on. Sorry, yeah, Paul, the, just another uh, one. On. Where do, and it comes down to responsibility. Yes, we all like a bet on this show and we do have a bet. Um, I can, I punt on horses, but could go to the races and only have three or four bets. Um, you were talking about mothers going to the pokies and sitting there for days, and we see those stories on the news. When does it become a personal responsibility where you can choose? If these, if these services are all available, you don't have to use them. Um, when does it become, oh, I've got a problem. These people, it was too available for me. We go to the casino, you know, but we go to the dining areas may not even go into the gambling area because I think it's a bit down, you know, it's a it's a pretty ordinary type of area. Where do you see the difference between personal responsibility and problem gambling? Uh, well, it's always both. Personal responsibility is always there and absolutely no one can force you to do something. So you have to take personal responsibility. And it's equally state or federal responsibility. So um, when uh, the states introduced pokies, uh, uh, they didn't just put pokies in casinos. They put pokies, which are built for addiction, in pubs and clubs. So Australia has 20% of the world's pokies, 75% of the world's pokies in pubs or clubs, meaning they are so accessible. You're planning just to go down the street to buy your milk and bread. And of course, there's a club and a pokies. The rest of the world said, no, that's irresponsible. That is uh, so irresponsible because we know pokies are built for addiction and people uh, get addicted very quickly. The um, dopamine released uh, when you sit in front of their machine hits the pleasure center of the brain with the force of cocaine when the, when the uh, jackpot lights go off. Now, extend that to sports betting. Absolutely, people have to be personally responsible, but when kids are groomed from a young age to actually only think in terms of their heroes, their team and the sport. When kids notice going to the football, people are watching a different game. What you'll see with young men now, they're not watching the game for their team. They're watching a game for their bets. Who's, who's going to kick the first goal? Uh, and the, the, they are literally watching a different game. Now, who's responsible for that? Governments that have allowed saturation sports betting ads. Um, so it's never one or the other. The, the industry always likes to point the finger and say, oh, gamble responsibly. By the way, I'll tell you where that came from. Gamble responsibly came when New South Wales clubs went to the National Rifle Association in 2013 in America. And there they were taught, guns don't kill, only people kill. Never blame the gun. You blame the individual. They came back, sold to state governments, gamble responsibly. 
pokies or gambling never hurts anyone. It's only people who are irresponsible. Blame, blame the individual. So the shifting all onto individual responsibility has been really also pushed by this industry that's out of control. Just going to yeah, say well, on the poker well, machines, well, you might know more sorry, what Paul. happened. There, there was, well, I, I guess if you'd call it a test case. Oh, sorry. Yeah, can yeah. I just add on to that? Yeah. What I, I, do, I do accept that there's a, a big glut of this gambling, but a lot of people can choose not to gamble on it. So I just think it's more a balance of government should stop it or ban it some way, the same as they did with cigarette advertising. But the person also... If I go to an RSL, I walk past the pokies machines. You don't have to stop there. So there's got to be, I, I agree, stop stop the advertising, but also don't say this person comes out and goes, I couldn't help it because I were there. Yeah. Now, just on that, that, Gilding, I wanted to chime in. There was a test case or a complaint. I think it was ACCC. With the poker machines, if you press a dollar for a bet and you get 20 cents back, that's not a win. That's an 80% loss. And yet you still get the circus bells and whistles. And it was being pushed, and I, I probably can understand why it was hijacked. That isn't a win, and that is mis misleading and deceptive because everyone wants circus noises and lights and bells. You've just lost 80% of your investment. And that is misleading and deceptive. And that, that inquiry or complaint went nowhere, and you can probably tell us why. Sarah. Yeah, no, that's... Hang on, yeah, I, no, I, 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 hang on let, Tim, let Tim answer that question. Oh, yeah, you go. Uh, yeah, no, we, uh, losses disguised as wins is one of the deceptive features of all the machines. The other one is um, where you, in the nanosecond you push the button, you've won or lost with a poker machine. But up will come first pyramid, second, third. By the fifth pyramid, it's always just one above or one below the line. It's called a near miss. And the sounds will go off. In fact, it's rigged. In the nanosecond, you push the button, you won, you, you won or lost. Uh, the near miss is to release the dopamine. So uh, what we now know is it is designed by the best psychologists, near misses or losses disguised as wins, to release the dopamine and get you addicted. Sarah? Yeah, I um, guess growing up um, with this sort of sports betting uh, information has been a bit of a different experience for my generation. Personally, I've never actually placed a bet on any sort of sports matches um, or using tab or anything, but I did my first job uh, after I turned 18 was as a pokies attendant at the local pub. And even just being involved in the culture, but from a step away, not actually participating in it, it gives you, it's an eye-opening experience in itself because a lot of these people that are going out there and gambling, they're not doing it um, as any sort of enjoyable activity. Most of them, it's almost just routine. It's built into what they're doing now and it's something that they can't change. And the flashy lights, it, it brings people in. But I also remember growing up and if I was going to the pub for dinner with my family or something or you're having like your netball presentation night there, you see the flashy lights. And as a kid, you want to go in and you want to participate and you want to do all the circus stuff because that's the sort of stuff that kids are really attracted to. I um, definitely do not want advertisements or any sort of gambling advertisements influencing my kids when they're growing up, when I have kids. 
but it feels like there needs to be a bit of a further step than just saying no more advertisements because they're selling it very well and it's now part of Australian culture that is going to be a very, very big thing to try and fix or remove because people, it's now incorporated into how we speak. We say, oh, you know, what are the odds that you'll do this or you want to bet, you want to do blah, 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 blah. It's just a part of how we speak now. And while getting rid of the ads is one thing, I think the the work that you're doing and actually trying to reverse that sort of change and help build the next generation to be more positively influenced by sport rather than the act of betting is uh, of the same importance, if not more, trying to actually build a healthy relationship with sport and young people. Yep, thank you. Well, what's really interesting, Sarah, is that um, the... Pokies world, uh, sports betting probably do it too, would say um, because of the monies we put back into sports, we really are helping sports and uh, helping the community. Um, what we know now, the figures have, have come out, is that in Western Australia where there's no pokies outside Burswood Casino, none, none in suburbs, none in country towns, unlike New South Wales and you know Victoria, there is higher sporting participation and community participation than the pokies states. This idea that you actually have to have pokies to really encourage sports and fund it is a complete lie. It's just allowed the pokies really to capture. Uh, and what you've said is um, really true, Sarah. What we know is that if America's blind spot is guns, we, the rest of the world looks at them and goes, they're not. The rest of the world looks at Australia and says they're nuts, their blind spot is gambling. We have the greatest gambling losses per head of any nation in the world per capita, and they are 40% higher than the nation that comes second. Tim, uh, just two questions from me. First of all, we're talking about normalising um, gambling. Um, I'm surprised that the government allows, the Commonwealth government allows advertisements to surreptitiously be introduced into programming. Um, an example, I might be watching AFL 360, it'll get towards the end of the program. And then if I'm not particularly paying attention, I won't notice that they've thrown to two former footballers who are also sitting behind a desk, which looks very much like the show, but before I know it, I'm being regaled with uh, who looks a good bet for Saturday, uh, who might kick the first goal. And I'm thinking, well, that, it's almost been introduced as part of the program. Um, surely that can't be good for society if that's happening. Totally. Look, what, what's going on is uh, extraordinary. I'm old enough to remember how we would have a rating on TV, AO, adults only, and it would be sex or violence. Well, what we're now doing is in family-friendly times, pushing adult products onto kids. Now, here's a, here's a, you know, a government that had to have a royal commission rightfully into uh, the institutional abuse, child abuse of kids. And they are allowing the grooming of kids with an adult product. Um, I, I think it's just completely wrong. And... And I intend at the next uh, federal election, and uh, whether it's March or May, to be making this a political issue. And I think there'll be a lot of parents going, count me in. We want this advertising ban. This has to stop. Tim, you um, mentioned that you're a pain in the neck. You're still there, Tim? 
Yep, I am. Sorry. Yeah, it's your pain in the neck or some other part of the anatomy to Collingwood. Uh, you're clearly a pain in the neck to the AFL. Uh, the government, I see, have got $5 billion of revenue tied up in uh, gambling revenue. Where, where do you see, apart from you guys holding back the tide, where do you see the real opposition to this uh, coming from? I think it's coming from my mums and dads. I think um, most of them are saying, okay, I don't really play the pokies and it is terrible. At, uh, you know, we have 20% of the world's pokies, but I don't play them. And actually less than 20% of the population even play the pokies. So that's a bit hidden. But when it comes to the ads that your kids are seeing, that's a different story. You're, the only job an adult really has is to protect children. That's really the only sole, moral, responsible job for an adult. And here's the government allowing these greedy foreign-owned companies to actually target our kids. That, that, that's where the opposition will come from, just mums and dads. So the government is, is in dereliction of its duty to children, Tim, without putting it's it. It's failing in its, its duty to children. It can uh, you know, now look back and say, well, we called a royal commission into uh, institutional child abuse and apologies. Whilst under its nose, certain, call them, shaping of, of uh, abusive attitudes that will flower into addictions are happening with kids who should be protected. Kuda, did you have a question before we finish up? Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't. I think we've uh, really gone to some good places today. Okay. Uh, perhaps just finish on, on this one, uh, Tim. You mentioned uh, political donations. Um, how long before we see the government prevent gambling companies from making political donations? Oh, uh, it, it should be after the Crown Royal Casino, uh, <laughs> Royal Commission. That should have been done by now. Um, you know, it, it, it's extraordinary, isn't it, that uh, here uh, is government and the regulator uh, allowing Crown to enable organised crime. Uh, and they're happily taking massive donations, both sides of politics, from um, uh, what is a money laundering outfit. That's what Crown Casino is. Um, it should be treated like property developers in New South Wales. No should ever come from gambling companies. And that's another thing we're advocating. Okay, Tim, uh, look, thanks very much for spending time with us today. We really appreciate it. It's a uh, very hot topic and one that we always try and uh, talk about and bring to the public's attention. And uh, hopefully your words today will be passed on and uh, it will create a bit of a groundswell so that some of the uh, worst things that we see with gambling uh, are cut out. A, a delight to be with you all. Go well. Thanks for listening to the Sports Fan Radio podcast. Our next podcast will feature Amy McCann, who has played baseball since she was 12 years old and went on to represent Australia from 2002 until 2014. If you like what you listen to today, please subscribe to our channel. Yeah.